How are you all doing tonight? Okay? All good? Praise the Lord. I'm still tired for drumming. I'm getting too old for this, 60. But I think the Rolling Stones can play till 80. We can play, keep on blowing forever, you know. It's like till I die, you know. I just keep on playing, you know. I love it. A bit of arthritis and stuff, who cares, you know. Whatever, you know. It's like, <laughs> uh, can I please play for the drum still now? When I get really old. But maybe then I can't do it anymore. Anyway, so we're in the middle of this series uh, of Amazing Grace. What's so amazing about grace? Part two. Tonight. This morning I did part one. For me, anyway, part two. And it's so amazing. And uh, wow, what, who was here this morning? I want to know who was here this morning. Okay, so who was not here this morning? It's probably easier. Oh, good, good. Some fresh stuff. It will be some will be similar, some will be new, but it's absolutely amazing. It changed my life, and uh, Jesus changed my life. So just hang on, hang in, and uh, let's go on a journey tonight. Is that all right? Yeah. It's a bit of, bit of teaching stuff, you know, uh, learning about the Bible and everything like this. Well, I, I, I just love Christianity. Do you guys love Christianity? I hope so. You're here tonight. I just love Christianity because Christianity, it is so incredibly radical it is so incredibly beautiful, it is so incredibly powerful and outrageous, and it is kind of this countercultural thing that we are in. I'll tell you why. Because Christianity starts with an impartation of perfection. It starts with an impartation of perfection. This morning I spoke about living from innocent, innocence, innocent, innocence. And so tonight I want to, I miss my, my, they used to always play for me also. All these people have gone now, you know, I don't know where, you do want to play, Andrew, I know you don't want to play. But the thing is, I love when, when they just, it's like, Catherine hates it. When Catherine goes, she says, you get distracted by the music. I just love, I cannot get going. The only thing is I talk for a long time. That's the only problem. So the thing is, though, amazing in the New Covenant that he, when you become a Christian, I'm assuming right now you're a Christian. Later on, if you're not a Christian, you become a Christian after this. But the thing is, though, I'm assuming you are a Christian. For a Christian, the sin nature, the sin nature, the thing that was sinful, has been cut out when you were born again, and you are filled with an impartation of the divine nature, the divine nature of God himself. It's absolutely beautiful, and we are born absolutely perfect. Now, this morning, just for those who are not there this morning, you got to do this because I'm not going to give this same message this morning uh, in the evening, I think, for a long time. And so I want to just show you uh, what I said this morning because it is a little bit uh, uh, confusing for many Christians. Is that the problem is, I, I call it the Jesus glasses syndrome. And many, many Christians suffer from a Jesus glasses syndrome. So, so what it means, I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you what it means. They, <laughs> the photos again. The, what, it, what it means about the Jesus glasses syndrome is that God, because of Jesus, what he's done on the cross for me, forgiving me my sin, beautiful, positionally, I'm now saved, you know. God sees, the Father sees me through Jesus' glasses, right? So when he looks through Jesus to us, we are beautiful, we are just sinless, perfect, holy, beautiful. But when God takes the glasses off, ah! He freaks out because he sees the real you, little old me. And you're so sinful and you got the thoughts and just the stuff that I have in my life. And it's so bad. I know what's going on, some of the things in my life, stuff like that. But then there's the glasses again. 
And God sees through the glasses. So as long as God has got the glasses on, I am righteous. I am holy because I'm like Jesus, in Jesus positionally. The problem is this. And I'm not going to preach a sermon again. The problem is this. When you feel it's only positionally in the glasses and you feel like you are still a sinner saved by grace, then you've got an identity problem. Because even though you are saved, and although positionally through Jesus Christ you are right with God, the problem is though you still think you are a sinner that is saved by grace, but you're still a sinful person that does dumb things, and you feel bad about yourself, and this will not empower you. Because the way you think, the way you are, that's the way you will act. And if you feel dirty, you feel the thoughts, and we all have the thoughts, because there's three things that will tempt you in life. It's your own flesh, your body, that wants stuff. The second thing is the devil, and he'll tempt you with stuff. And there's the world that will tempt you with stuff. And so we think sometimes that we become that and we are this. But this only comes through our radar, through our mind and through our emotions and stuff. But it's actually not in your spirit. And I'm going to talk about this in a moment. What actually happened, New Covenant Christianity is so beautiful because it's not just a positional exchange. And I did not say the line this morning, by the way. I want to say it now. Not just a positional exchange. It's an exchange of nature. And that is the difference. That God takes the sinful nature out of your life, out of your, wow. It's called being, some, the Bible calls being circumcised. Spirit circumcision. He'll take it out and he puts in his nature, his divine nature, which is perfect, powerful, innocent. And that's who we have become. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. This morning was living from innocence. Tonight I'm saying you are perfect. Tell your neighbor, you are are perfect you are perfect there's no religion i don't even call christianity a religion there's no religion like christianity all other religions trying to attain something listen to me all other religions trying to attain something they're trying to become something they're trying to be accepted by god they're trying to be loved by god they're trying to be somebody i want to be somebody And they're always looking for, I want to be somebody. I want to be something. I want to become something. And they're all, they all fail miserably. This is what, it's terrible. The Bible says no one is perfect, not even one. No one is righteous, not even one. And we've all failed miserably. Isaiah 64, 6, our righteousness is like filthy rags before God. Romans 3, 10, there's no one righteous, not even one. And all our self-effort, all our trying to be good, all our behavior will never make us righteous before a glorious, holy, righteous God. Never. It's got to be grace. It's got to be a gift of righteousness that God has given to us. All religious trying to be good, trying to always perform, but they never arrive. This is what Buddha said. Buddha, you know, Buddhist? Buddha said before he died. All this decay, he says, a Buddha can only point the way. Become a lamp unto yourself. Work out your own salvation. 
Now, I thought it was very interesting, actually. This is not the scripture he's talking about in the Bible when it says, work out your salvation. That's a different thing. That is, Jesus has given you a salvation through salvation, and then you work out your salvation. You apply it. But he's not talking about it. He's talking about, hey, figure it out yourself. Work out your own salvation, whatever it looks like. And I say, good luck. Good luck. You will never do it. And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. And even the Rolling Stones, they said, hey, I haven't found what I am looking for. It's so sad. It is so sad. They got everything, but they have absolutely nothing. Most religious, all religions, I don't call Christianity religion. If you don't call religion, then it's most religions. If you don't see it as a religion, then I say all religions are performance treadmills. Trying to run faster, be better, do better, and absolutely go nowhere. Unlike Christianity. And this is the amazing thing about the amazing grace of God's wonderful gospel. The Christianity is the opposite of all that religious stuff. Christianity actually starts with perfection. What? What are you saying to me? Start with perfection? Start with being holy? What? As holy as God? How is this possible? That can't be, surely. See, Christianity starts by arriving. How does this work? You're trying to go somewhere. I'm going to try to arrive somewhere. I'm trying to be somebody. I want to do somebody. I want to be holy. I want to be whatever you're doing, trying to get somewhere. And Jesus says, oh, I'll do this the opposite. I like this. Do the opposite. Just because it's a gift of grace, you can never do it. I'll do it for you. So he goes to the end of your thing, of your meditation and thought life, and says, okay, I'll give you the finish line. What do you think of that? He gives us the finish line. All the people, all those millions of people trying to be good on the performance treadmill all those religious trying to be better do this do this all the stuff that they do and they go absolutely nowhere and here jesus comes and he says stop it is it too loud i'm pretty loud. sorry I'm, I'm, i feel like i'm preaching for ten thousand people so i don't kind of you know so so um he says stop it it's the best line if you're a counselor the silly people when they come into counseling you say stop it just stop it best line Stop it. Just stop it. Stop, stop it in this way. Honestly, what amazing that we actually start at the finish line. We start at arriving. And not because we are good, but Christianity starts with a gift. It is the gift of righteousness. It is the gift of new life. That's why it's called grace. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. It's free for you and for me. The gift of righteousness is so beautiful. We can't work for it. We can't perform us into it. You never be good enough for it. But Jesus gives it to us. And so then we receive this beautiful gift of righteousness from Jesus because of his perfect obedience and his perfect performance on the cross and in his life. This beautiful exchange given for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Here I go a little what we did this morning. A couple of things here. 2 Corinthians 5.21. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. 
God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to become sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the Son of Glory. This is God himself, right? Trinity. Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, the Father. That Jesus lays his divinity down and becomes a man and lives life. And then he goes to a cross and he takes the sin of the world. This morning I told you that I believe it's a sin nature, the root of sin. I don't believe it's all the sins and the sinning of the thing. Sinning comes because of a root, otherwise you wouldn't sin. So he takes what happened in Adam, what we lost in Adam in Genesis 2, because he was innocent, then he became uninnocent. It's not a word, uninnocent, but the guilty. I like uninnocent too, it's cool. <laughs> you become uninnocent. You're popular and you're unpopular. You're innocent and you're uninnocent, right? Amazed my Dutch, whatever. Anyway, so uninnocent, he becomes guilty in his way. They both think he built a shameful and blah, blah, blah. And all throughout history, the last 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years, all the stuff's been happening. Well, and, then, and then Jesus comes before, before, before Christ comes. And then, before, and then Christ comes and he takes the sin of the world, the sin nation, the root of this thing out. And he makes his innocence again. And he makes us, he goes back to the scriptures we had this morning, that go back to where we were in. Uh, Genesis 2 is so incredibly powerful, right? The one who had no sin becomes sin for us. He was blameless, he was perfect, he was innocent, and he becomes sin for us that we in him might become the righteousness of God. So we have perfection in Christ, not just positionally, right? Not just with the Jesus glasses. God loves us because of Jesus. Now he does, but it's more than that. Yes, we are positionally in Christ. We are seated in Christ. Our lives are in Christ. But it's not only that, because the problem is, is that you, if you think that theology, and you think that you're still a sinner saved by grace, because you never call a sinner. Paul never called anybody a sinner in the new covenant, right? Never. Always to the saints of Romans, to the saints of whatever. To, and they were red bags. I mean, they were sleeping with the mother-in-law, whatever they were doing. All this weird stuff they were doing, you know, and stuff. But he says, hey, you saints. Why? Because God made you that way positionally but also intrinsically do you know what it means intrinsically some people say much intrinsically intrinsically means that actually something happened in your spirit you are new it's called being born again you become a new creation and that's why we have to understand what happened to our body because we are a spirit and we have a soul mind will and emotions and we also have a body our body is just neutral it's the flesh it wants stuff it needs stuff and you just got to keep it under control you can get into trouble with your body but it's not moral if you like you can do immoral things with it but your body is not immoral it's what you do with your body right the thing is your soul is like a mirror your soul can either reflect jesus christ and become a mirror like that and change into his glory by glory to glory i'll see it in a minute am i talking too fast yes i am i got so much to say it's my problem mirror like this or we can reflect the world and we reflect other things in that but i want you to see one thing i want you to see when you are born again in your spirit that your spirit is completely redeemed your spirit is completely made whole you are a new creation born of god incorruptible seed you are sinless and you can't sin in your spirit ever again you you the bible says you're united with christ that's who you are this is where you are a son and a daughter that's how god relates to you but then you also have your soul still, your mind and your emotions and stuff, which is troubling <laughs> at times. That's where you sin. That's where you, because it's not redeemed yet, because it, you're still the same. And you, you are being renewed 
That's why we need Romans 12. Be renewed by renewing of your mind more and more to God. You can more and more align yourself to the new creation spirit who is in here. It's actually the mind of Christ is in your new creation spirit. So your mind has to become like that mind in you. That mind has to start influencing your mind and more and more belong, become like him. And so that's a discipleship, that's a sanctification. So that's why we are sanctified once for all, at one time, made holy and perfect forever. But then there is this, this time that we have in our lifetime, and I think we'll never get there, you know, in that sense. We, we, maybe you can, some of us can, well, Catherine can get there, but I can't get there, uh, most likely. Uh, is that we come more and more in our mind, in our, in our soul, more and more aligned with our new creation spirit. Amen? That's how it goes. It says in Thessalonians that we have uh, three parts, just that so you know, may the God of, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, that your whole spirit, soul, and body kept blameless at the coming of our Jesus, Jesus Christ. Now, don't get weird on me and say, okay, Gideon, so I'm saved here with this whole spirit thing, and I'm completely perfect, but so if I, if I, if I die right now, what's going to happen? Because the thing is, though, this is not totally redeemed. No, no, you, you are going to have, when you die and you get hit by a truck, boom, and you're dead, right? It happens. Friends of mine would hit by a truck, man. Not very nice. And so you die, and then uh, your spirit is alive, of course. You'd be with God. I mean, even Paul says, I'd rather be with God. I'd rather be with Christ. And it's been, but it's better for you that I stay in the body because I can teach you stuff. But he says, I'd rather be with Christ. So being without the body is to be with Christ. And so you are saved because this is the whole thing of the salvation. It's really about your spirit and, of course, your soul and your body will be resurrected one day and get a beautiful new body, right? We can walk through walls and stuff like Jesus. That's going to be absolutely amazing. We can fly. It's all the stuff, you know, all the marvel, all the stuff. is just a prophetic thing of what's going to happen one day. Who do you want to be? Okay, Superman. Okay, that was a question. At least somebody answers that. I want Superman. Okay, what do you want to be? I don't know. Something. For he chose us before the foundation of the world. Listen to this, Ephesians 1. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. Come on, let's say it together. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins, and in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. I love this in the Passion Translation. Because of his great love, he ordained us. Amazing that he ordained us, he blessed us, anointed us, that we might be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. If you want to listen to that one, that's my talk this morning. Go listen to it online. Unstained innocence. What does it mean to be innocent forever? Some of you need to know this because you feel guilty and shameful. Because stuff you've done, or people have done to you, or whatever. I used to have that too, you know, all the stuff in me. But I learned that I'm actually a spirit, completely holy and pure. But if there's issues, they're over here. And I can look at those issues. Although they're in me, they're in my mind, they're here. They're not me, but they are me. But I know how to separate these things because I can speak from my new creation spirit. I can speak to my issues. I said, you're going to issue over there. Okay, let's go to the counselor. Let's, let's work on that issue. But, but it's not me. It is me, but it's not me. It doesn't define me. It's an issue i got to deal with, but it doesn't define me. So many people, their issues define them. I am a drunk. I am an adulterer. I am a whatever you are. And it's not the issue. You have an issue. You may have a sexual issue or a relationship issue, whatever issue you have. But the thing is, though, you are an amazing. If you're a son of God, daughter of God, you are an amazing being. You are a spirit being. 
you look exactly like Jesus. When, Jesus, when God looks at you and Jesus, he cannot see what's the difference, which is what. You know what I mean? It's the same. Because you're born of him, not 99%, 100%. Born of his spirit. Anyway, that's for free. So we keep going. Born of God himself. Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Praise the Lord. And behold, all things have become new. Oh, man, you look like God and you're born again spirit. Absolutely beautiful. And then the scripture that we did this morning too, which I absolutely love. He says, Hebrews 10, 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made us perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. And here you see those two things. You have been made perfect forever in your spirit. And you are being made holy in your soul, in your body as you walk in the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says, don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the spirit. And let the, let, let, let the flesh be submitted, submitted to your spirit life. And then you live a holy and a cool life. Hebrews 10, 14 in the Passion. By one perfect sacrifice, he has made us perfectly holy and complete for all time you are perfect say it i am perfect you know some of you have never said it over your life because you know the thoughts you have never said this over your life but this is new covenant christianity this is how it's supposed to feel all the time i am perfect now it doesn't mean don't be weird now it doesn't mean that you can do stupid things and get away with it well you actually can get away with it but you can't because there will be consequences in this life if you do dumb things you know dumb stuff your brothers and sisters will take you out i'll take you out i'll not take you out for dinner i mean take you out like a rugby player you know there's discipline in the body of christ right if somebody does something wrong that is anti-god or they you know that's not good but but it's not a salvation issue i want you to see that you're still here because none of your behavior ever got you into being saved. None of your behavior will actually get you out of saved either. For some of you, it's like, this is not possible. Well, you read your Bible. But that's how much his grace is. It's just outrageous. And it makes you fall in love with Jesus more and more and more. And the more you know yourself, the more you fall in love with Jesus. And the more you start walking in righteousness because you can't help yourself because it is who you are. And when you do dumb stuff, it's not who you are. And there'll be World War III inside your mind, inside your body, inside your soul. And we all have it. But that's why we have to learn who we are first. Make sure that we really know who we are. And then when the things come, the nuances of life come, that we know how to do this. And the Bible says take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. That's how you work this stuff out. Isn't it amazing that we become who we already are? I mean, who, say, who does that? We become what we already are. You understand what I'm saying, right? Isn't that amazing? You become what you already are. But this is biblical because he's given us all these promises, right? Remember, all, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We've received everything already. And then in our lifetime, it is discovering what he actually has given to us. What is this inheritance that we've given? Same as the promised land. God gives you the finish line, right? He gives you the whole lot. Here's the promised land. The whole lot is yours. Now go and get it. Right? So it's both a gift and it is hard work to get the gift into your life. The promises of God, all like that. They're all in Christ. They're yes in Christ. The promises are always a yes because he means what he said. Yes in Christ. And then we say the amen. amen. There's always a response to what God says. 
Same here. You have become something amazing. And then you become something amazing. He gives you the gift of righteousness in your spirit. And you're beautiful, perfect, innocent, and forever. Forever. But then he says, okay, Gideon, we're going to do it. Remember this whole thing that happened three years ago? Oh, yeah. We're going to deal with it, are we? Yes, because you're that. And then you're going to deal with stuff. I'll tell you something, though. I never used to know this, right? So when I fell into sin or some kind of a dumb thing, I kicked the cat again, right? Which I saw me. I would fall so deep in a hole, it will take me so long to get out of it. Because it's all self-effort and I did not know who I was. Now when I make a mistake and I know exactly who I am, now when I fall, I don't fall in a big hole. What I do, because I can, I can hold it here. I said, that's dumb, Gideon. I can hold it here and I look at it. And I said, Lord, sorry, don't ask forgiveness. He's already forgiven you. It's a perfect thing, once for all. Don't, don't be dumb. Don't ask forgiveness from God. He's already forgiven you. The thing is, though, what you can do, though, say, Lord, he already knew anyway what you're going to do. Do you know that? He already knows what you're going to do. It's scary. It's fun. The thing is, though, so, so the thing is, though, look at it and say, I'm sorry. That was dumb. And that's it. And keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking in your perfection. Because the more you know your perfection, the more you will start not being doing the dumb things that you used to do. And some people and some of us still do in our lives. See, God makes you something and then God makes you something. He makes you holy and then he makes you holy. He makes you righteous and then he makes you righteous. He makes you perfect and then he makes you perfect. I hope I'm trying to make sense tonight. I tell you, if you get this, it will absolutely revolutionize your life. It revolutionized my life 10 years ago. Completely changed my life. It's the most, most amazing message you will ever have. That's why Christianity does not start with performance or anything like it. It starts with receiving and rest. Sit down. Receive the gift. And you sit down and you receive the gift. And you know that you've had nothing to do with it. That's why it's grace. That's why it's such amazing grace. It's the perfect gift from God. And then he starts working in our lives. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. By the way, scripture used, right, this morning, this night, tonight. The thing is, though, the actual thing is, where the, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit is Lord, there is freedom. It's not where the Spirit well, says here, and the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Yeah, there's freedom in the presence of the Lord, but it actually not, scripturally, it actually means like where the Spirit in your life is Lord of your life, so your obedience in the areas of the kingdom, there you'll find freedom and joy because you do it the right way up. Honor your body for the Lord. It's neutral. But you can use it for dumb things. And Paul talks about it all the time. Don't use it for instruments for sin. Instruments of in iniquity and sin. But use it for to glorify him. To worship him. And let your mind be renewed in your life. And so a Christianity is just this beautiful journey in our lives. You start with perfection. But then there's this journey of invitation to become more and more like Jesus. To become more and more like your, like your supernatural nature is already inside of you. I want you to know tonight, though, that the starting point is perfection on the inside. Not the glasses, not positionally. I mean, it's nice, and it's part of it is true, 
that we are positioned in Christ. But the problem is it doesn't strengthen you. It's nice to know this, but you still, ah, you got to still deal with the crap in your life. That's the problem. And so that's why we need to, without the glasses, you need to know who, how beautiful you are. And then you become beautiful. You must continue to make this new life, it says here, Paul, fully manifest. Look at this, then. New life fully manifest in you as you live a holy, sorry, a holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Do you see that? The new life of God has been implanted into your life. This perfection, the life of God, is implanted into you, and now we start living from it, and then you start to exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the life of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, all these things of the Holy Spirit. Isn't this amazing? Of this one? Uh, what's that? Uh, Philippians 2, 12 to 13. It's on there. 12 to 13. Musician can come up if you want to. Andrew, you want to play? Where's Andrew? No. Okay, how is this applied to me next to understanding what you are? I'll tell you something. <laughs> I'll change my life. There's so many things in, in this stuff, guys, that changed my life. So, I mean, I could do a whole series on this alone, but I won't. Um, are we out of time or something? 6.35. I don't even know what time it is. I don't care. So, the thing is, though, I want you to know. I want you to know. Listen to this. When you know really who you are, then you know that you will never be a failure. You cannot fail over here. You're a son of God. You cannot sin over here. You can't, it's not possible. You're one with Christ. You're amazing. When you know that you cannot fail, do you know how freeing this is? You will never be a failure ever again in the sight of God. In here. You may fail in your life, in your mind, in your thought life, and, and whatever. We fail all the time. And not just the best stuff, not just the lust or whatever you're going through, but it's also the lack of. The lack of. Prayer. I mean, how much do you pray? 10 hours? 5 hours? I don't know. What's really holy? I don't know. 10? 20? Watching TV? How much? Little? Is it holy? I don't know. What about faith? How much faith? I don't know how much faith. I mean, you, you are sinful all the time. There's just not a coming out of it. But the thing is, though, when you are like this, that you know that you're righteous all the time, then, and you can never fail, then this life, these th sin things, and this, this stuff, both good and bad, it's not even... It's not even powerful anymore in your life. It's like, whatever. But you need to get that. The problem is you forget that and you're stuffed here. You need to know who you are. When you know that you're always perfect, this will empower you. When you know that you're totally forgiven forever, then you know when you make mistakes, you are still this. In this place, nothing changed here. Nothing. So this thing is never, um, what do you call that? Never, um, um, what do you call it? Um, affected by the nuances of life, your new creation. It is, it's always, it's always amazing. It will never finish, it will change, sorry. Only this life here, your mind, your soul, all the stuff, that is the nuances of life. So that's why that is so empowering in your life. You're always holy and nothing will change this holiness. And that's why you're so happy. That's why you can worship Jesus. That's why you can face trouble in life head on. Even the, the 
tough things. Jesus says, in this life you have trouble, but I have overcome the world. And you know that you're an overcomer because you are in Jesus Christ. So this strengthens you then to go through this pain and through this disappointment because you know who you are. And you know whose you are. Amen? And so that's why the understanding of who you are is the main journey revelation that we need as a Christian. At Bible college should be number one in the days. The first day should be about this whole thing, who you are in a new creation. First day. And if you don't get it, the second day. I don't care how long you take it. Unless you know that, everything else doesn't really make sense. you got to know who you are. That's why Paul says this prayer for us, and I'll finish with this. Ephesians 1. I keep asking, and he talks to the Ephesian people, but he also talks to us as a church. He says to us, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Do I have to say anything else, people? Don't believe me. Believe the scriptures. Come on, what it says here. The hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those who believe. So our prayer should be, Lord, show me more. Show me more of who I am. Show me more of who you are. Show me more of who you are in me. Show me more of my inheritance that I have the rights to. Show me more of everything that you've given to me, the promised land, the purpose, all this stuff. This is my prayer. This is our prayer. Show me more of who I am and show me more of what I have. In Jesus' name. You are perfect. Say it again. I am perfect. If you're a Christian, if you're born, you're born again, born again Christian, your old nature has been taken out. That evil, sinful nature has been taken out. Bless you, Bex. Been taken out. And you have received an impartation of the divine nature of God himself. Well, this will get you out of bed tomorrow morning, right? It's like I walk tall. Nothing can harm me. Nothing can. You know, like this. Man, that kind of attitude, that will strengthen you. Then when things come in your way, you know how to deal with it because you know who you are. So, Father, I pray that you give us a revelation like, like Paul. Give us a revelation, wisdom, revelation of who you are. Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, even now that you would just, this penny will drop even for us. The penny will drop even like it dropped for me, Lord, years ago in this regard of righteousness, understanding of perfection and the glorious inheritance and innocence. Oh, Jesus, we thank you because it's all because of you. It's all because of your grace. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. It's all about you. And that's why we worship you. That's why we lay our lives down, Lord. We kneel before you and give our lives to you. Is there anybody in this room, you're actually not a Christian. You've actually never given your heart to Jesus. You've never, never dealt with your innocence. He wants to make you completely innocent. He's already paid for it. Might as well receive it. Is there anybody in this house who say, man, I need Jesus. If you do, can you slip your hand up for me? I don't want to pray with you because it's the most important decision you'll ever make. Can you imagine God comes to live inside of you and he makes you absolutely perfect and innocent forever? Not only in this life, but the life to come. Forever. Bliss. I mean, that's awesome. Is anybody in this house? 
lift up your hand right now if you want Jesus and I'll pray with you is there anybody in this place do it high because I can't see the lights are actually very bright anybody in this house you're all Christian you're all good I also feel that some of us need to what you talked about freedom you need to let go of that stuff because of what he made you to be Kathleen said this morning she had to deal with stuff where Kathleen you were here this morning deal with stuff because how can you not it'll be an embarrassment it'll almost spit in the face of Jesus not to deal with it he's done everything for you we can let go because he's made us amazing and you have the power to let go of that betray, betrayal somebody betrayed you or hurt you shame guilt stuff you've done let it go say Lord here it is you can have it all take it off take it off in a minute we'll just have people here to pray if you want to come forward just to pray and just to deal with some stuff because now you have the revelation of who you really are this gives you the power to let go of these things because you know these things is not who you are that's who you are and so this doesn't belong in your life anymore. Just let it go. That's what Jesus says. As I've forgiven you, now you forgive other people. Let it go. It'll keep you in prison for a long time. And some people just won't forgive. You'll keep yourself in prison. Let it go. Let go of the shame. Yes, I know what happened. I know what he did to you. She did to you. I know all stuff. I've had the same thing. Let it go. Tell her I forgive. Take it away. Take the shame, the guilt pain of betrayal and all the stuff. Holy Spirit, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. I would just receive, put our hands up there like this and so hard. Thank you, Jesus. Just right now come with your love. You're so lovely, so beautiful, so beautiful, so lovely. I even pray right now, Lord, that just you burn away those things, those thoughts, those emotions, Lord, and we all have them. And Lord, we give this pain to you. Oh, you're the great healer. You're so happy to take all this stuff because you actually paid for it. Lord, I give you my stuff. Take it. Lord, I forgive this person. I want freedom. Jesus says to love your enemies, to pray for your enemies. I want to pray for the ones who betrayed me. I want to even love them as you love them. Don't agree with what they did, but I want to love them because of your love they did what they did for whatever reason but we won't let ourselves go we won't let this pain go no more in my life come on let's worship a little bit as we worship him he builds his throne his kingship in our lives come on make him lord of your life we saw that in the scripture when he becomes lord of your life freedom comes Lord, I make you Lord of this situation and freedom comes into your life. I make you Lord. Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done before. I'm sorry, Lord, that I didn't make you Lord of my life. I want Lord in every situation in my life. Lord, even in this area, I want to make you Lord tonight. Take it, Lord. Take it. I submit to you. I surrender. 